Hey everybody, this is Colin Donovan. I'm a senior at Fairfield University, currently studying environmental studies and politics. Um, Today I'm going to be talking about social media and its effects on the news people receive, the media themselves, and ultimately the political environment as a whole. Um, So ultimately, social media has played the largest role in the 2016 election compared to any other point in our history, you know, from Russian meddling with the actual elections to massive amounts of tweets that were published by Donald Trump himself. Social media is a constantly growing platform where more and more people are receiving daily news and information from, so it's ultimately impossible to avoid discussing how social media platforms um, influence you know, the media, the political world, and our citizens' perception of the government. So I'm going to begin by talking about selective exposure, because this conversation can't be had without discussing this um, term. So it ultimately refers to the individual's tendency to favor information which reinforces their pre-existing views, while sometimes avoiding, avoiding contradictory information. So in other words, citizens typically like to watch shows that and listen to news stations that agree with their ideological levels, agree with their um, views on government, and ultimately, you know, reinforce their beliefs about the world. You know, we don't really like to watch things that contradict those thoughts and argue with our opinions because it feels good to have, you know, reputable news anchors, reputable um, media outlets ultimately agreeing with us and, you know, making us feel like our opinions matter. So selective exposure is influenced and really couldn't be understood without political social socialization, which occurs through our lives, typically through media exposure, media and entertainment exposure. So typically this refers to, you know, the fact that citizens learn what we like, you know, how to act, what is popular in our lives through media and entertainment, through watching, you know, news stories, through watching movies, through watching TV, through listening to music. Um, and these media also inform citizens, you know, about the country, about democracy, about the political world, and give us an idea on ultimately which side to take, you know, how to view these, you know, who we agree with, why we agree with them. So tying into both political socialization and selective exposure is this idea of political knowledge, which is ultimately just a fact, factual information about politics and the government that a citizen can retain in their memory. So this can refer to familiarity with the structure and workings of government. It can refer to knowledge of office holders. It can even refer to awareness of democratic norms. You know, it's the example is always given of these polls taken um, by people asking random citizens, you know, can you name, you know, what's in, what are the uh, First Amendment rights? And some of the results of those are honestly a little scary, you know, the lack of knowledge the majority of citizens have about these very basic governmental democratic values. Um, But anyway, you know, the media is really one of the main drivers of where we get this information and what shapes our lives, you know, growing up as kids. So, you know, once a person builds this perspective opinion of the government and, you know, begins to follow one political party or another, or begins to side, you know, with one group over another, um, they'll begin to find media outlets that, like I mentioned, enforce those ideas and, you know, that they enjoy watching because they're constantly talking about things they agree with, things that are on their own mind. So ultimately, though, what we're seeing today is 
and a complete expansion of choice when it comes to which uh, media outlet to listen to, which media outlet to follow. Um, so, you know, this typically means, more, with more choice, it typically means smaller niche markets, you know, these markets that are focusing on just Republicans, focusing on just Democrats, you know, focusing on a certain age and a certain demographic. And ultimately what we have seen is that this expansion of choice kind of is in an inverse relationship with the society's level of knowledge. You know, when the more options there are, the more niched groups you're going to have, the, you know, more options leads to less audience mass within a particular option. So the more options you have, you know, the more people are going to be going to these different options, resulting in less of a, you know, density, a population density in those niches. Um, so one argument is that social media can ultimately help reverse this trend. You know, on the internet and in social media apps, we're seeing an insane influx of information at every minute, you know, all different sides and everything. However, more often than other um, platforms, we see social media trying to, you know, create an equal playing field among race, income, and education. You know, not so much age, but social media really allows for incidental exposures to those who would not normally get political news, you know. So while it may be difficult for, you know, a Hispanic population living in, you know, Connecticut to really find a reputable news outlet that they trust, you know, they feel coincides with their beliefs and their thoughts, all it takes is, you know, a quick open of the Twitter app, find, you know, a reputable Hispanic news, you know, anchor, station, whatever it may be, give them a follow, and what do you know, you know, all of a sudden, I'm not, you know, all of a sudden, I'm not someone who's listening to a news station that really never touches on my beliefs, never touches on even my, you know, group of people, but in Twitter, you know, this is, and on social media platforms, this is completely an option to really find, you know, do some digging, find the platform or the anchor or the reporter who really, you know, coincides with yourself. And social media allows you to literally get an update on every one of their tweets, every one of their ideas, every one of them. And then tying into this, social media, you know, selective exposure in social media is ultimately a feature, you know, as opposed to other, you know, say a new station on TV where, you know, it's almost inevitable that at some point they're going to bring something up that you don't agree with or, you know, even just to get both sides of the story, they're going to bring up a topic that you clearly are on the opposite side of the stance on. But on social media, you have the option to mute, you have the option to unfollow, unfriend, block, you know, either pages or organizations or people. So you're on Twitter, you see something you don't like, one click of a button, you'll never have to see that opinion again, that perspective again, that policy again, you know, it's out. So that's really something that social media is, you know, it's really almost gives much more option to the viewer than ever before. You know, we've really never been able to have this kind of feature before, but it can be a really powerful tool in shaping what um, listeners are receiving, what type of news they're taking in. Um, so going off that, you know, social media has really changed the game in news sharing and consumption. You know, prominent social media platforms tend to refuse to consider themselves news sources. But, you know, if we look at the statistics, it's kind of difficult to agree with them because 68% of people have, got, have said that they've gotten news from social media at one point or another. You know, 
the reason this number is so high is because they like the convenience of being able to just scroll and find a new story, you know, sitting on their couch or laying in bed when they just woke up or when they're about to fall asleep, you know, rather than having to scroll through a whole newspaper. They, you know, like the ease at which it pops up right at them, you know, breaking story pops right up on your phone. You know, social media has captured users wherever they are, you know, which is also something we really haven't seen. You know, you can be climbing a mountain, you can be backpacking across, you know, Spain, you can, whatever it may be, you can be snowboarding down a mountain and get a news update of breaking news right on your phone, you know, pops right up on the home screen, doesn't even require any extra clicking. Um, but, you know, on the other side, there is this um, concept of fake news in, in uh, social media, you know, and online is really where we see it the most prevalent because it's so easy to be spread online, you know. All it takes is one person to post a story and, you know, publish it, making it seem reputable. Or, you know, Donald Trump to send out a tweet that's not, you know, false, but not not completely accurate. And, you know, when an elite like that posts something, it's going to gain traction. People are going to believe it. So that is definitely one of the biggest, you know, fears of social media. All of this fake news, you know, like I mentioned, the Russian meddling even, you know, there's a lot of potential for you know, kind of behind-the-scenes shenanigans and things that are really haven't been as prominent as they are until social media made this huge breakthrough. Um, so the inaccuracy of news stories is definitely a concern among uh, followers. <clears throat> but like I mentioned, none on the other side, you know, the fact that these social media platforms can serve, you know, these little niche communities, these little small underserved demographics is really a great thing. Um, another point, social media landscape has really made two categories of people more important, which is citizen journalists and bloggers. You know, people who were once the audience are now the reporters. You know, it's a drastic change we're seeing. They can increase, you know, the diversity of news offerings, like I've already mentioned. Um, they can ultimately gain a huge fan base of people who trust them because, you know, they're making these personal, they're more personal than casual news stories. You know, they're including their own opinions and ultimately making people feel like their opinions matter at the same time. So these people have, you know, huge potential to gain high levels of trust, but, you know, it's very similar to social media as a whole. There's the potential for lower levels of professionalism. So I just want to finish off by discussing a little article that my class um, touched on called Social Media or Social Inequality, which ultimately just analyzes how much social media influenced the Trump um, presidential election, you know, some even argue that it may have been the reason he won. But ultimately, this article points out that while social media does entice people that would typically not vote to become more involved in political um, elections, you know, and even just political knowledge, um, like, and the fact that those people who are not even really seeking news can find it, social media also generates this fake news much more prominent than we've seen in any other platform. You know, so we always have to be wary of that, obviously. And then something else the author points out from this article is that while, you know, Trump did do a magnificent job of switching voters, you know, getting, gaining a bunch of swing voters, really changing the perspective of people's minds on government and gaining their votes, he really was doing it among the bachelor, you know, greater than bachelor community, you know, those who are educated throughout college, you know, the highly educated um, 
population, not those on social media. You know, Obama and Trump voters were actually the least likely to use social media, which is really just proving that, you know, sure, some young people, you know, the ones most prominent on social media may have been influenced to, you know, uh, swing to Trump's side, you know, and vote for him through these tweets and policies he was tweeting. But, you know, as we see, it really was not the winning factor. You know, he wasn't, it was mostly the older educated people voting for him. And they're the ones who are not really even on social media as much. Um, You know, and then one final takeaway is that while it may not have won Trump the election, it absolutely built him a fan base and, you know, even fostered some intolerance in the regard of echo chambers. You know, many young people on social media were shown a constant stream of stories and articles that reinforced the same ideas about Trump or the Republican Party. And, you know, ultimately, if they wanted to or not, they were just being constantly shown these streams of information. And that's really, you know, one of the powers social media can have, whether people view it as a positive or a negative. So in conclusion, as we see, social media has seriously altered the world of media and politics over the last decade. Um, more people are able to acquire their news with ease, which allows more people to participate. Um, more citizens are able to voice their opinions and gain supporters, which is really we haven't seen before. Communication between political elites and citizens is the most successful it's ever been. You know, we have the option to tweet directly at Trump, you know, and whether he answers or not, you know, it's not definite, but it's, you know, it's almost the most guaranteed option we've had thus far to ensure that, you know, we, you know, with some work, we ultimately can have these elites see our opinions and have our voices heard. Um, we're able to receive near continuous cycles of new information, which is also something that's never been done, you know, directly from our pocket. Like I mentioned, we can be a variety of places around the world and have that breaking news story pop right up on our phone, no matter where we are. Social media, you know, has proven to be an amazing thing for politics, but it's all, it also has its hiccups, most notably in the form of fake news, which, you know, we've discussed, and the ease of spreading this false information. You know, like much of the technology in this world, you know, these things are amazing until they're misused or until they're in the wrong hands of the wrong people. And unfortunately, in the realm of media and politics, it's really up to the consumer to take everything they read with a grain of salt and decide what it is they deem valuable and truthful and what it is they want to believe. Um, So thanks again, everybody. That was my podcast. Until next time, this is Colin Donovan. Have a good day.